When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are listening to Proverbs with Daisy Maskell. It is me, Daisy. Welcome. This is a podcast all about extraordinary people and extraordinary stories. Here we will shine the spotlight on their journeys and hopefully learn something about ourselves and the way that we live our lives from their experiences too. Join me for the next half an hour as we get to know our guest. Hello, how are you doing? Now, this is a subject in this episode that has kept me up many of nights talking with friends. It is all about dreams and whether they can be warnings for the future or signs from people in our past. Really fascinating stuff. Now, I am joined by Teresa Chung, who is a dream interpreter and spiritual author, here to answer some of our most pressing questions. So I already know that this episode is going to be a long one. So if you are listening, make sure you have your snacks at the ready. This has sort of a 3 a.m. thoughts written all over it as well. We're talking about dreams on today's episode. I have got the incredible, it's actually an honor to speak to this woman. Teresa Chung is here. Now she is a dream interpreter. She also speaks a lot about spirituality and consciousness too. And she's a best-selling author. The woman does it all. It's such an honor to be speaking to you, Teresa. Thank you so much for doing this. Oh, likewise. It's an honor to be here talking to you Daisy I cannot wait to start talking (laughs) I feel like you and I enjoy a chat so I do know this is gonna be a long one so I actually put something out um on my social media just before we had this conversation and I was overwhelmed with responses you're a very very popular woman and the top response was people talking about their dreams but specifically talking about experiencing dreams whereby if they've had a loved one or or a friend or family member that has passed recently feeling as though they're trying to communicate with them through their dreams can you tell us a little bit more about this because I know I have personal experience with this my granddad we had a really close relationship he passed about 10 years ago and when he first passed he used to visit well I felt like it was him visiting me or at least appearing in my dreams often is this a way of people that may have past is, is, is this a way for them to communicate with us absolutely in my humble opinion it is a an afterlife communication a connection showing us that death ends a life and not a relationship because anyone who's lost a loved one will know that although their physical form is gone the relationship continues the memories are strong you still feel that that person is just around the corner and of course being a mystical author I firmly believe that that person is and that they are within a within us and all around us and one of the most gentle and subtle non-threatening ways for departed loved ones to let us know that they are infinite they haven't gone they're just in a different state of consciousness or a different realm is through dreams and many people say oh I don't feel my loved one's presence and I said well have you dreamt of them and they said well yes I have and I said well that's a connection where are you when you dream this this miraculous place where nothing is quite what it seems but it feels so real when you're having it and that's a hallmark actually of afterlife dreams is this sense this is real this is that person this is their essence and I write a lot about these kind of afterlife dreams and and as a way of of making us feel that there is more to this life than meets the eye that and that when we go to our final sleep maybe just maybe there's something out there and up but I'd also like to point to scientific research which shows that people who dream of departed loved ones in over 90% of cases, this really helps the grief journey, which is the toughest journey of all our lives, grief. It is one of the most comforting experiences. I remember, I I think particularly in, you know, those initial stages of grief to, to feel and to even see and hear that person I mean, the dreams that I've had, those ones specifically where I feel like I've been visited by 
a loved one. Those ones feel more vivid and more real than any other dream that I've had before. And it, and it certainly brings so much comfort. So I can completely agree and relate to you with that. I mean, it's a form of visitation and you just wake up thinking they've not gone. Their essence is somewhere. I don't understand where I, I don't know all the answers, but you feel that this life is not all that there is, that there is something more. And every time you close your eyes and you think of that person and you picture them, that's another way of, of keeping them alive because they, it's, it's said people die twice, the first time when they physically die and then the second time when nobody remembers them or connects with them anymore. And you can keep that relationship ongoing throughout your life. You can continue a relationship with a departed loved one in spirit. Um, and that's that's quite a difficult thing for a lot of people to understand. They think that you're you're not you're not getting over it and you've got to move on. But you talk to anyone who's lost lost someone dear. They don't want to move on. They want to keep the memory. They want to keep that relationship alive. And it gives them great comfort as well. And a feeling like a guardian angel watching over them. Um, I know with all the people I've loved and lost that, you know, having this this ongoing relationship through my dreams, through my memories, through my thoughts, through signs as well and coincidences, gives me tremendous strength and a sense that there's more to this life. There's a deeper meaning behind all this material stuff that we focus so much on. That is such a beautiful and insightful way of looking at things. I don't necessarily get dreams anymore. I haven't had a dream in a really long time, but what I do get, Teresa, and I don't know whether you can sort of share any insight on this, my granddad will almost appear I can almost hear him like a voice in my head sometimes. So I'll be walking around and it's not that I'm particularly thinking about him or I'm doing something that reminds me of him. It can be in the most random times um, at the most random moments. And I will hear him say a phrase or comment on something that I'm doing. And it's, it's, almost as if he's standing behind me, so much so that I've almost turned and looked over my shoulder. What What is going on with this, Teresa? And is this something that you have yes. noticed other people experience as well? It's that feeling of being stared at or turning around because you're convinced someone's there or hearing a voice or just sensing a presence. These experiences have been reported since the beginning of time. And so many people have this sense of connection with departed loved ones. And in any other realm, it would these are witness statements that need to be treated as data, that need to be researched. And that's what I've been passionately doing these last few years, working with scientists to research what is going on when people have this sense of connection and an otherworldly presence. And there's an overwhelming amount of anecdotal stories that keep on and on happening, despite what you know the skeptics will say, it's all imagination. It's not, there's a real difference between imagination and sensing, just sensing the presence of someone close to you who has departed. And, and hallucination, because, for example, hallucination tends to leave people feeling very disorientated and disempowered, whereas these experiences actually have the opposite effect. They give people tremendous sense of purpose and hope. And that's why I think they are so vital that they are part of the human experience. And we don't fully understand the human experience yet whilst we're alive. So <laughs> understanding it, what happened when we've departed is, is, um, is next level stuff. I've devoted my life to trying to uncover what science says about it, um, but also talking to people who've had these experiences, people who believe that they have a, um, a connection with the other side, mediums or psychics, if you want to use that word, or people who don't call themselves mediums or psychics, but are like yourself that just know that your grandfather's still with you somehow, somewhere. And um, I just think it's utterly beautiful. <laughs> it is, it really is. I could talk about this all day and I, it's often a subject that I go into. I, I sort of said at the, at the start of this episode that this, is, this has 3 a.m. thoughts written all over it, but I could talk about this for hours and hours and hours and it brings you so much comfort and it really, I feel like it really has helped me to understand the meaning and the purpose of life as well, which I think is a really important and beautiful the, thing. The departed have so much to tell us and so much mm -hmm. to share because they can see the bigger picture. They're also there to remind us that although 
we often feel alone. I mean, life can sometimes be a lonely business. I mean, we're born alone and we die alone, but we are never alone if we have this expanded sense of consciousness and interconnection with others and also those who have departed, who are always there watching over us in some esoteric realm. Um, as I say, I don't know all the answers and I'm very aware I don't want this to come across as woo-woo or mumble-jumble, <laughs> you know what I mean? But I want it to also know that there, the science of consciousness is very real at the moment. There's a whole new breed of scientists who are researching the inner world, the role of our feelings, the role of our memories, the role of our dreams, afterlife experiences, near-death experiences, and it's called the science of consciousness, and it's an emerging science, which is so very, very exciting. I don't know if you've seen this, but this was one of my favourite things that I have watched sort of as of recently. It was a series on Netflix called Surviving Death. Did you yes. see it? Yes, I know the researchers who um, the, who were the background scenes to help with the research. It's Leslie Keane, isn't it? Um, it was so yes. great. I, I really love that. And I, I've spoken to many people, but both, you know, people that I know, friends and family members, but also people that have reached out to me as, as well, whether it be through social media or, or or other bits of work that I do that have lost someone and I've actually referred them on to watching that program because I think it instilled a lot of hope and it allows you to look at death in a much different light as well it was really really beautiful and one particular episode that I found really interesting and I didn't know much about this until I watched this was the episode that spoke about past lives mm -hmm. and it was the episode that featured children that had past lives and could remember their past lives um, I found that absolutely fascinating do you believe in past lives and do you feel like with dreams in particular is that a way for us to travel or reconnect with past lives at all absolutely I mean I believe that the mind can exist separate from the from our bodies and our brains so mm -hmm. what I'm talking about is consciousness that we can travel places in our consciousness. And that's where we go when we dream, when we have memories, when we have intuitive hunches, et cetera. And that, that's where the science is clustering about now at the moment, consciousness existing separate from body and brain, which is what happens in a near-death or out-of-body experience. So as science is starting to show that there might just be something there, that consciousness can exist separate from this material form, if that's possible, I believe it is, but that's just my opinion. And I, there is a difference between opinion and fact. I'm aware of that. If that's possible, then of course, reincarnation would be a possibility um, mm -hmm. because it opens up all sorts of possibilities that the soul comes back again to earth. Because I very much think of this earth, this life as school. We are here to learn. And if we're not learning, that's almost like dying whilst you're still alive. You've got mm -hmm. to continue opening up and learning new experiences, getting right out of your comfort zone time and time again, um, because that's why we're here. We find our meaning through learning, opening our mind to the new, evolving. And, and from all I gather from people who believe that they have seen the other side or glimpsed the afterlife in a near-death experience, when you go there, the learning doesn't stop either. It's just infinite. It's like space. I mean, we have no problem with thinking of space as infinite. Why can't our consciousness also be infinite? And, and if you've ever sat with someone who died, I, I used to work in a hospice before I went to university. Um, so you see the spark going, but then you see the body and you realize this person, that's not them anymore. They've gone, they're liberated. And I think <laughs> that wonderful Mary Fry poem, do not stand at my grave at weep and weep, I am not there, I do not sleep. That captures the essence of this belief in consciousness surviving independent of the material. And I do believe that when people have, it's, it's when you've lost someone you're very close to, that's when you awaken to that idea. Before, you probably don't want to go there, but when you have lost someone who's very important to you, you know that that connection hasn't ended. Reincarnation, Dr. Ian Stevenson at the University of Virginia pioneered research into reincarnation, and it's still ongoing, actually, and you're right, focusing on children, because that's great for the skeptics, because how can children so very, very young have these detailed memories you know, because they're way too young to have them imprinted by parents or carers or whatever sometimes. That, and, and they have found that, you know, that they go and track down what these children are reporting in their dreams or memories and they find out it's true. This is incredible. This is unexplained. This merits 
much greater research. It is just so unbelievable. And, and anyone that is sort of looking to look into sort of reincarnation any further, I would definitely redirect you to um, that that documentary in that particular episode on Netflix. It's called Surviving Death. I know exactly what you mean as well, um, Teresa, when you say, you know, you've obviously been around people that have passed in person. And I have as well. And I actually think those were some of the most grounding and, and it sounds strange and I'm using this word so often, but it was one of the most beautiful experiences to actually be around to see that. And I know exactly what you mean, whereby you really start to see the body as just a shell. And I almost found, I, I always say, if I didn't go into the field that I went into, I would definitely, I, I find a lot of peace in death. And I know that sounds, it sounds so strange. And I think it, it's not something that I would necessarily no, say I mean, if I was on a first date. I enjoy walking in cemeteries, which people so have always thought I'd be chained hanging out in a cemetery. I feel, I feel very, I'm not scared at all, you know, um, no. in, in cemeteries. Because I, as I say, the living are much more scary than the than the dead than the dead you know people yeah. are more scary than ghosts but you're right because death is a miracle that ends our life birth begins it and we have so much celebration about the miracle of birth and preparation for it you know but we are all going to die that unites us all and it is also a miracle because with every ending is a new beginning and if you believe in 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 that we are spirit Death is just a final shedding of the of the material form and that your spirit is free to evolve further. Um, but death is a miracle and it to have a beautiful death is possible. We always have this terminology, you've got to fight to the end and you've got to fight, fight, fight death. And it's like cheated if death gets you. But if, if it, when it's your time, just letting go and letting the natural process happen can be incredibly beautiful not just for the person experiencing it, but for those gathered around the bedside, it can be a very healing, beautiful experience. I have a best friend and we are, we are literally like soul sisters. I mean, we're just, you cannot separate the two of us. And we've, we've been best friends for a really, really long time. And we often find that when we're together often, or if we go away together and we're physically sleeping in the same bed, we often find that we become very in sync with each other, even more in sync than we usually are. And we almost finish each other's sentences the, the following day. And we've actually had experiences where our dreams have almost synced up. And this very, this really reminds me, I'm referencing another Netflix show like they're paying me. Um, they're not the sponsor of this podcast, but they are great. Um, so we'll, we'll give them a shout out. There was another show, I think it was called um, Behind Her Eyes. And that's oh, yes. a lot. Yes, yeah. uh, <laughs> Teresa, you and I are soul sisters as well. This was really great. This was about astral projection, yes. wasn't it? Astral projection, yeah. yeah. And actually, my only concern with it is it made you know people fear dreaming, yeah. which is what yeah. I'm, I'm, on, I'm on a mission. I mean, I loved it. It was so entertaining. It was absolutely brilliant. That ending, I won't spoil it, but that ending was good. Yeah, it was brilliant. I absolutely loved it. But um, there's nothing to fear from the dreaming process. People think that if you astral travel as it were go into the dream state that you can disconnect from your body that that can never happen whilst you're alive it can't happen um you're totally safe when you dream um and i'm on a mission to stop the fear of dreams and get people to fall in love with their dreams because dreams are the key to everything i believe actually one of the reasons we go to sleep is to dream um and I think dreams have so much they want to tell us, but we just don't understand how to talk to them and understand them. And once we do know their language, it's, it's so empowering because you'll find how your dreams are offering you insights into your waking life that you hadn't realized because you see, dreams are the language of your heart, your intuition. And during the day, our heart and our intuition, because we're so busy with external stuff and ego and, or, and logic and reason, the voice of our heart and our intuition is often squashed. Um, it doesn't have a chance against these domineering voices. But at night, you see, when you fall asleep and you go into the altered state of dreaming, you're in, where your intuition reigns and it can speak to you loud and clear, um, and the messages it gives you can actually really help you understand yourself better and others 
and your life. But one of the reasons people don't understand their dreams is because dreams speak in this weird symbolic metaphorical language that you've got to start learning how it all works. I think for a lot of people, that fear comes from a, from a lack of understanding as well. And I, I've suffered with insomnia for most of my life. Um, and I think that I very much got into a state when I was at my worst, when I was really suffering with insomnia, I became fearful to fall asleep as well um, because I, I didn't yeah. understand what was going on. Um, and I really had to make an effort to sort of understand and and research and explore and tap into sort of my spirituality and and what goes on when I do fall asleep and I found that that really helped with my healing process as well I also did experience I, I don't think I experienced the extreme end of the spectrum of sleep paralysis but I think that I can definitely sort of relate to that feeling of mm. being trapped sort of being in this weird state between being awake and aware that I wasn't in a dream, but sort of feeling trapped and feeling really disconnected um, mm. from my own body as well, which it, which is, it can be very, very scary. But I think as a whole dreaming and sleeping and, and consciousness and exploring, you know, our state of consciousness is, is a really beautiful and interesting thing. And it's, it's not to be feared at all. No, I'm, I'm glad you touched on, 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 on your insomnia because I found mm. that, that really fascinating because waking up in the early hours or whatever and not being able to sleep is, is a sign or symptom of, of spiritual awakening of, mm -hmm. or the need to. It's like your intuition or your dreaming mind, I call it your nocturnal therapist, is wake is keeping you awake because something really, it, there's an energy shift that you need to understand what's happening and not fear and just embrace. And I would suggest with, with the sleeping and or not sleeping, that you don't try to sleep at all. You just write down whatever's on your mind because you're you're awake for a reason. You're wide awake for a reason. Um, and some of the most sacred and, and great moments come in those early, it's a very sacred time, as you say, two or three or four in the morning is very, very sacred. And if you look at some mm -hmm. great inventions, works of art, works of literature, they have all been inspired in those early hours, if you, you know, I obviously I research it and there's a whole sleepless elite out there, you know, ranging from people like Obama, Lady Gaga, Jack Dorsey, who also struggle to sleep, but it's almost like, because they've got so much creativity inside them that they have to stay awake to, <laughs> to pump out these ideas. So what you need to do is you need to write down whatever, creative ideas are coming to your mind not try to sleep at all just just stay awake <laughs> it's so true Teresa because when I, I actually filmed a documentary on my insomnia most recently one thing that I was <laughs> thank you so much one thing that I was I guess I was concerned about was I I'm I'm one to therapize myself and I'm I've definitely sort of learned the benefit of speaking about my emotions and you know when it's when appropriate getting professional help as well but one thing that I would find which was it sort of felt counterproductive when I was you know up at three four five in the morning not getting any sleep at all was to stay up and was to give in to that urge of sort of restlessness I didn't want to force myself to go to I didn't even want to go into my bedroom and and lay in bed and toss and turn I actually wanted to give in to that feeling that that it's almost like a rush that I feel that I get when when I can't sleep or when I'm suffering with insomnia and I really find that that is most beneficial to me to to not fight it really as I say Larry Page he you know he had he woke up he was waking up in the morning and he he had this dream about you know putting all the uh, web pages on one page and then two years later he formed Google so you know, <laughs> you know it's it's like maybe there's there's a creative idea you are very very creative intelligent person and you've got a very active mind that needs to pour out stuff you know you remind me a bit I hope you don't mind of the frozen two you know that song into the unknown oh that's beautiful that's you. <laughs> because she's lying there tossing and turning and something's calling her no plot spoilers here if you don't haven't watched the frozen <laughs> two please don't listen but you know she has to go on a journey because she thinks yeah. other people it's her parents or other people but of course right at the end we understand what she's um calling her is self-awareness self-knowledge yeah. and self-love 
and that yeah. sense of completeness within herself is actually she's actually calling herself and you see that's what dreams do as well because when we dream we're dreaming about aspects of our own personality in symbolic form we are dreaming ourselves our our shadow side, our light side, our challenges, our hopes, our fears, our expectations. And that's why dream decoding can bring that sense of completeness and self-awareness because self-understanding is the beginning of all wisdom. Also, if you're in a monastery or a nunnery, the call to prayer is at 2 or 3 a.m. for a reason. You know, mm -hmm. they are woken up to pray because it's a sacred time. So if anyone's listening and they also waking up between 2 a.m. and 5 a.m., this is sacred. This is mm -hmm. sacred time. And also if a dream, chances are a dream has woken you up as well, because a dream, when it wakes you up, it's doing so because it wants you to write down what's on your mind and 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 decode yourself. That's what dreams are trying to do there. Because I think most of us have no idea who we truly are. Because when we're growing up, we get it from school, from parents, from friends, then we get it from job, then from a relationship. If we have mm -hmm. children from children, that's how we label ourselves. But deep down, we don't actually know who on earth we are at all. Mm -hmm. And I think the journey of our lives is actually, who am I? What's going on within me? You know, discover that first, and then that can lead to, lead to self-care and self-love and taking care of that damaged inner child that all of us really need reparenting because, you mm -hmm. know, no, no parent's perfect. <laughs> and we have yeah. to sort of become our own parents. And, and yeah. you see, in dreams, you can meet your inner child again who's damaged and vulnerable. In dreams, you can meet your creative self. In dreams, you can meet your shadow. And most people want to deny or repress that they have angry or hateful or lustful or jealous or cheating impulses mm -hmm. within them. We all have a shadow just as there's day and night. Denying the shadow and repressing it is not going to work. <laughs> you need to yeah. meet it, but then when you wake up, know it's within you, know that you have the capacity for toxic behavior, but to choose to, do, to not do it, because that's true inner strength, knowing you are capable of being negative and being toxic, but choosing not to act on it. That is a really fulfilled person with inner peace, not someone mm -hmm. who preaches or represses or denies. I think the biggest takeaways there for me was if you are finding yourself up late at night, start writing things down because there could be some serious money in it in the future if you come up with the next, the next Google. You are in um, fine company. Continuing the conversation on Proverbs after this short break. Teresa, is there any significance? I know, I know there's a, a number of people that experience this. I think my mum experiences this a lot as well. And I definitely have previously, whereby you're waking up at the same time or at a certain time, whether that be three, four, five in the morning. Yeah. I mean, there could be just a routine because the body mm -hmm. actually is interesting. The body is the total opposite of the mind. The body loves routine. The mind yeah. wants anything, but the mind needs stimulation, stimulation, stimulation. So it could be that the body has just got into a rhythm. However, also take a note of the time, you know, if you're into numerology or, you know, the the uh, a significant time of day, maybe if it's always 3 a.m., research the number three, get curious. What, mm -hmm. you know, three is a very, very powerful number in in numerology all the spiritual and mystical associations with it and when you start doing that and start not seeing these things as problems like waking up in the morning or having a nightmare if you start seeing these little gifts learning gifts and and just mm -hmm. shift that from don't fear it and it's not a problem it's actually something to treasure it's priceless wisdom being given to me now if you having that attitude can really really help start becoming a detective of your own consciousness and your own life. Why 3 a.m.? You know, why is this happening? What do I do the night before? You know, because I'm sure it's not every night. Maybe keeping a diary to find out, is there a pattern that kind of triggers this wake, waking at, at 3 a.m.? You know, sleeplessness in a bit like any kind of, a, a, you know, addictive behavior as well. For me, these are all symptoms, not the cause. What they are symptoms of is a thirst for wholeness and a thirst for meaning in life um, that a part of you 
understands that this is not all that there is, that however successful my career is, however many followers I get, however much money I get, however perfect my relationship and my children, that's not everything. That doesn't define me. It's a thirst for spiritual wholeness and who I am. And I, I think actually that's the root of all sorts of addictive behaviors and, and problems is that the spiritual element is missing because we are mind, body and soul. And we spend all our time focusing on the mind and body, rightly so, because mm -hmm. we're in this human form, but we, we are soul. This is something really new to me, and it's something that my best friend, she um, got me into, which is moon wishes. I feel like I have such a strong connection to the moon. I don't really study astrology, and I really should get into it because I know that it would it would be something that I would be so interested in. Um, but we often do our, our moon wishes. I think, we, I think we do it on a new moon. She knows a lot more about it than I do. Um, and we write yeah. down all of the things that we want to happen within the next month um wishing those things into existence and I've had some great feedback from them as well and it just makes you feel as though you are in more control of what sometimes feels like it sometimes it feels like you're you're sort of out there alone and and it's nice to know that you know you never know what's around the corner but I do feel as though tapping into spirituality and and maybe I should you know investigate astrology a little bit more it makes me feel like I've got a a much bigger sense of belonging I understand the meaning of life a lot more and and then there are elements to life that can surprise you and and that that can be really great as well but I think having some sort of a foundation there is is really important and really grounding oh that's so wise I, I, I that's so beautifully put as well as above so below and you know if you think about the moon you know the moon rules the tides we know that we are 70 percent water human beings mm -hmm. so of course the the planets are going to exert some kind of influence on us you know we're part mm -hmm. of this universe we're not separate from it so that's how i think of it really that when there are patterns in the sky you know if we tune into this into them we can really harness the energies to make decisions at the right time etc and what you were talking about really is manifesting which is huge at the moment which is the mm. idea that really it's very very simple people think you have to do all these affirmations and repeat things 300 times a day that's i really get frustrated with that it just complicates mm -hmm. what is delightfully simple which is simply focus on what you want be grateful for what you have don't focus on what you don't want and the and the problems really, because then that will manifest, you know, you attract what you give out. So yeah. if you always like, if, for example, if money is an issue and you're always worrying about paying the bills, of course you do have to, you have to be sensible, but you come from this feeling of lack. That's what's going to come back. No, you've got to do a Jim Carrey and write yourself a check for 7,000 or whatever. <laughs> yeah, because that's what he did. He wrote this famously wrote this check because he was broke. Um, and, you know, it was like for, millions of dollars or whatever and said so that's what's going have positive expectation for the future now it's not an exact science but i do know that if you're upbeat and you focus on the positive and you're grateful for this amazing miracle of a life i mean if you think about it every morning when we wake up is a brand new miracle i don't know why all of us aren't jumping up and down instead of immediately thinking of the negatives of what's in your life focus on the positives not only are you more of a pleasure to be around but somehow life loves that and the same with relationships a lot of people write to me saying you know i want to manifest a partner you know i'm so lonely i'm so lonely loneliness has become a big problem especially today with so much of our lives distanced online in a way but what you've got to think no I'm going to have a wonderful relationship with myself I know that sounds odd but you know the, the most important relationship the greatest love truly is that relationship with yourself and once you feel complete and whole when you're alone you know what suddenly relationships happen but the problem is people go into relationships with a position of need and they need to want a relationship, not need it, if you understand what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. They need to feel complete alone, be happy alone and think, well, OK, be nice to have a relationship. But if I don't, I'm fine. I've mm -hmm. got my life, I, what I do. I've got friends. I've got plants. I've got my pets. I've got the world. If you feel happy like that first, 
it's always a recipe for disaster when people haven't got, that's why the divorce rate's so high, because people go into relationships expecting other people to complete them. They never will. That puts way too much expectation on someone else. I mean, they're, they're grappling with their own self-understanding and people change as well. I'm sure you found that. Nobody stays the same. And sometimes, you know, you lose friends because you've evolved at a different rate and they haven't. That is my number one bit of dating advice that I share with everyone. And I was very, I was very careful about getting into a relationship. I, I think my life really did change when I was around 17, 18 years old. And I was, I was going through a difficult time and I really decided to take time out and invest it into myself and actually get to know myself. I think so many of us are so distracted by just the day-to-day life, just that that rat race that a lot of us don't don't know what we love and what interests us and and just really know we, we, we just don't know ourselves as we should. And I found that once I got to know myself and once I I began to love myself and and care for myself a lot more that is when my life truly changed. And I wasn't prepared to get into a relationship until I was certain as to who I was, because I I didn't want to put the burden on someone else of fixing me, but I didn't want to bring out the worst in other people as well, because I hadn't dealt with my own trauma, or I hadn't dealt with my own heart, or I just didn't know myself as a whole. And I think that a lot of self-worth can be taken away from you in a relationship as well. And you can end up relying on another person. And that makes it very, very difficult to see a life without someone um, if you found that you're relying on on that person. But I, I really, I, I often say, I, I, I think we, we just before we started recording, I said, I'm, I'm a massive homebody. And I think I really find, I love social interaction and it's so much a part of what I do. I, I think one of the biggest greatest blessings in life is relationships and and talking and learning from other people but I find that when I socialize or when I give myself away too much to other people I almost see a meter of my energy dropping down and sometimes I need just time to myself exclusively to myself whether that's even me sitting in a room and and reading a book or, or being comfortable with my own thoughts for my energy to build back up again and for me to be okay and for me to go and and socialize once again but I think it's really important to be okay and alone with your own thoughts um I really really saw the benefit of of getting to know myself and that brought about so much self-love and empowerment as well well you are such an illumination really because it's taken me decades to get where you are now (laughs) oh I haven't got it figured out such a light you know goodness knows if you're, you're there you know getting there already because that's when it begins, you know, and mm. and don't ever be afraid to shine bright, you know, um, anyone listening, because often when you do step into your own power, you find that other people don't like it sometimes because yeah. they're not. And that can be very difficult because you obviously want the people you love to go with you or celebrate you. And sometimes people are not able to do that. And it's just realizing that sometimes it's lonely at the top of the hill, but that's the only way to be. Because as I say, we are born alone and we die alone. That is the journey. I do think that the end of our journey is knowing ourselves for the very first time. And that's what our life is all about, the beginning Mm -hmm. and the end. I think it was interesting what you said as well about prioritizing yourself. I think when we look at prioritizing ourselves, people can very quickly use the word selfish. And I think there's a massive difference between prioritizing yourself and being selfish. And that took me a really long time because I remember when I started prioritizing myself for the very first time, not everyone liked it, but it's no, it's yeah. about sticking to your guns and realizing that you're so right. We're born alone and we die alone. And that doesn't mean that we live a selfless, reckless life, not considering other people, but you have to have a good relationship with yourself. Um, um, before anything I feel also that makes you feel not alone that you know yeah. you've got your back Absolutely. that you are you know that if you know your intuition and your dreams and your heart and your understanding that maybe death isn't the end this is what your your true soulmate is mm-hmm. your true sense of completeness and and getting to that state when you know when you know you've got your own back that's when life truly, truly opens up and, and gets gets wonderfully exciting. <laughs> Teresa, I wanted to ask you just before we get into some um, some specific. Uh, may I just sorry? May I just sorry before we go on from astrology? You're you're a Libra, aren't you? 
I am a Libra. <laughs> I am a Libra. Thank you, Fran, shares your birthday. And I, I think it's very much looking at people who are on the same birthday as you. Sometimes that can give us clues and hints and tips. And I think... Yeah. October the 18th is a very special day for me because this is another wonderful synchronicity. It was my, my mother's birthday. Oh, so I know that's <laughs> that day. Beautiful she, again. <laughs> it's beautiful. I'm sorry, I didn't mean that, but she, she's long since passed now. She passed in the 90s. But um, it, it's, uh, it's uh, a beautiful day of vulnerable expectation. That's kind of how I look at it, of mm-hmm. fiery creativity, wanting harmony, but also the journey born translators, born people who have the ability to make something complicated, simple for others. Those are all the alignments from that day because I've, I've written a lot about birthday power and, and, and astrology, as you know. So just to say, I, I think you've got an amazing birthday. <laughs> I love that. And you know what, Teresa, every time that I celebrate my birthday, I will genuinely think of your mother now as well. Because I found people born on the same day as me. Um, I'm an April baby. Um, it's remarkable sometimes the similarities. Yeah. So I hope you interview Zach Efron. Be interesting. I will. I'll put. I'll put him <laughs> on my list. Maybe we'll get him on the next season of the podcast. That would be fun. <laughs> Teresa, I wanted to ask you um, if you had. I, I guess where your spirituality came from, or if you had any spiritual or paranormal experiences as a child. We spoke about you know children being reincarnated and children. I feel like children are so innocent and and pure, and they. Uh, they are sort of detached from a lot of distractions in the world. And I think we can learn a lot from children as well. What was your first sort of experience or what was your experience as growing up as a child like? Well, I grew up in a family of, you know, a traveling family, um, very Mm. alternative. My mother was Indonesian. My father was disabled and British and very, very poor. So um, Mm -hmm. it was a very alternative upbringing. I was home educated as well. Goodness knows how I got into Cambridge. I don't know because I was just home educated. But um, I grew up in a family of people who believed in dream power, who were always consulting astrological charts, numerology, um, believed in life after death. I would go to demonstrations of mediumship at the age of four or five. So it was actually commonplace for me to think of death as not the end and that Mm -hmm. there was this whole world of spirits out there. It was only when I went to university that I realized that most people don't actually share that (laughs) that, that (laughs) belief and that that took me. And so, but actually throughout my childhood, it was more people I believed and I loved witnessing it, witnessing messages from spirit and seeing them being very healing for people, Um, understanding that you can laugh and cry at the same time, seeing that in grown adults when, you know, my mother who was a medium was able to bring through a spirit of a departed loved one, but I didn't actually have any ability myself. I didn't think I did. And it wasn't actually until my early thirties that I had a a mind blowing bout of intuition or a a dream that I, I feel really actually may well have saved my life on the day because it was a dream about my mother. She'd recently passed and she told me to take the right path. And that dream came into my mind when I was at a busy junction and I was supposed to go left. And for some reason, because I almost heard her voice, I went right. And I truly believe that that because there was a horrific accident, which was reported on the news of a you know a big pile up. Um, it, I mean, it could be coincidence. But then again, what is coincidence? I write exactly. about that as well. Is it synchronicity? And then following that, it was kind of like an awakening, really, of of powerful moments of intuition, signs, but I wouldn't call myself a medium or psychic. I never have. I just don't need to call myself that because I believe we all have it in us. I believe six senses in our DNA. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe, and actually I'm preaching to the converted here because I think research shows that like four out of six people believe in this too. It's just yep. that vocal 2% who are saying no, no, no. But if you put these vocal 2% who say they've never had a psychic experience or a dream come true or a hunch come true on a course of regular meditation or mindfulness or living in the presence, they actually start becoming more intuitive and start thinking, well, maybe, maybe I do have a sixth sense or, or, Mm. or, or something about me. So, um, yeah, that was a rather roundabout way to say it was, I was a late developer, so give it time. And I think I had too much fear mm-hmm. um, in, inside me um, at the time. And I think that also shows, you know, the way that life can take you on so many different courses and you're constantly learning and you're constantly evolving and different things come into 
into your life at different points maybe even particularly for a reason you know so I think that, yeah. that is great and what what a life story you have I'm just it's just so great that, you, that you've been on with us before you go Teresa I can't have you on without getting you to interpret some of the most common dreams now I said so many responses came in so I, I'll, I'll at least read out um, some of those because I, I know there are a lot of people that wanted to pick your brains I just had the pleasure of doing it um, so the first one was reoccurring dreams which is something that I experience often as well what what do you what can we interpret from having a dream um the same sort of dream on a consistent basis oh celebrate it because your okay. dreaming mind loves you so much it's not giving up right oh it's that's sending sweet. You the same message <laughs> because when you understand the meaning of a dream or decode it other either at an unconscious or a conscious level your dreams will change and shift it's that something in your waking life is not adjusting you're not picking up on what your dreaming mind is trying to tell you. So it's kind of using a bit of tough love in rep repetition to say, come on, think about this dream theme. What symbolically is my dreaming mind trying to tell me? And once you get that, it'll be like a light bulb moment. That's the mark of a dream decoded. You get a moment of illumination. I get it. It won't mm -hmm. come back. It's tough love. And you need to be careful with recurring dreams, though, because eventually your dreaming mind will get a bit frustrated and it will evolve to nightmares because you're not okay. then use shock tactic. It, and nightmares are a transformative gift because your dreaming mind is resorting to shock because the gentle, subtle rainbows and butterflies are not working. So it's got to send the vampires and the serial killers to you in your dreams because you, it, you know that you, when you wake up, you're going to think about that. Yeah. What does it mean? Your dreaming mind is just crying out for you to notice it um, and to pay attention to it. And anyone out there who says they don't dream or is going through a period of not dreaming, you are. The work is going on an unconscious level, but it would be so much better for your self-awareness if in the morning your recall was there. And you can boost your recall very easily by thinking about the possibility of dreaming, by listening to this podcast where we're talking about dreaming, because <laughs> like anything in life, where your attention goes that's where your consciousness follows. So the fact that you're thinking about dreaming right now, I hope everybody has amazing dreams tonight and then gets busy decoding them. And remember when you decode them, it's not literal. 99.9% .9 of our dreams are not literal. There is a rare category of psychic dreams that I've written about as well, precognitive, that's another, another huge category, and afterlife, which, which you've spoken about, Daisy. But 99.9% .9 of our dreams are symbolic and metaphorical. Go back to your English literature classes when you were interpreting a poem. Your dreaming mind wants to be a poet. It talks to you in the language of poetry and art. It doesn't do it directly. The reason it doesn't do it directly is because when you go to the land of the dreams, you're in a different state of consciousness. And it, like when you go to a different country, it has a different language. Just learn that language, but it's language of symbols and metaphors. The next one um, is one that I've also had often as well. And my nan has had this throughout the course of her life too. And that is dropping a baby or Aww. forgetting to feed a baby or putting a baby in danger. And I, I often wake up from these and I share these with her as well. And um, we have a great relationship and you feel such an immense amount of guilt and fear. And I can't imagine if I have had my own child, I don't have kids at the moment, but if I had a dream like that, I would be absolutely terrified what do dreams involving babies or involving either dropping a baby or, or not feeding a baby or not caring for for a baby what could those symbolize or what could those mean well obviously the best person to interpret their dreams is always themselves because it's based on because uh -huh. your dreams always can't comment on what is current in your waking life what is present in your waking life right now they're very very current in your dreams so something in your waking life the baby what's that's a symbol for now baby is not a real baby it's a symbol of a new idea a new project a new relationship something in its infancy which needs time and patience to grow uh, or a period of waiting. But a baby is new creations, new ideas. Now, if the baby's being dropped in the dream, that's self-explanatory, that something that needs nurturing, watering, caring for, be that a project, a relationship, self-care, something in your life 
needs more attention to help it to help it move forward but it's also a beautiful symbol baby because it's new life isn't it it's new mm. beginning something new is beginning in your life i love baby dreams because they mm. typically point to the it's very exciting when a new life is born something new and exciting but if you want it to stay exciting you need to like a baby you can't just abandon the baby it can't take care of itself you need to nurture it and grow it yeah, it makes so much sense when you start looking into this and when you start interpreting and looking at the bigger picture and looking at the symbolism as well. I think we can just learn so much for to use in our waking life. The last one that I will um, mention is being naked, in particularly in public as well. Oh, that's vulnerability, isn't it? Because, but pay attention because um, the, the dreams speak through your feelings and emotions as well. Pay attention when you wake up to the emotion. Did you feel ashamed when you were naked mm. or did you love it? Or was it just normal? Just write down how you felt because that will teach you because when you're naked, you're being utterly honest and authentic. You are you. So the teacher in that dream is how you felt. Were you trying to cover yourself or hide? Because if you were, that suggests that maybe there's some people in your life or a situation at the moment where you can't be emotionally honest for whatever reason. And you've got to work out what that is, who these people are, what that situation is. However, if you're walking around naked in, in your dream and it's absolutely fine and, you know, celebrate that, go with the flow. You're doing great. Be you, do you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, this has been so great. I think, you know, I, I genuinely think that this is this you just being here and, and speaking on the on the podcast for this episode, Teresa, I think it will bring a lot of peace. I think it will allow people to open up their minds and and get to know themselves a lot better. And and I think that is a job well done from you. Teresa, I will round off with a question that we ask everyone at the end of every episode, which is we want to hear your mantra. What are the things that you live by? my dreams and that's what I was going to say <laughs> you know because life can't always be wildly exciting you know we, you know we have to do practical things but if yeah. you're going through a bit of a difficult time just know that the most thrilling part of your day could actually start when you put your head on the pillow um, and and have a fantastic dream because dreams can inspire as I say so much dreams have actually changed the world if you go into the history of dreams that people have had that inspired creation so my mantra is dream on really no I, I think you summarized it great as well I know you've got a book oh yes how to catch a dream yeah it's a companion yes. to HarperCollins dream dictionary which is also about you know um encouraging people also to become aware when they're dreaming lucid dreaming you know that movie Inception um, so it's it's fun. It's it's just simple things people can do to dream and live bigger and better. I'm very excited about it. That is great. I am 100% picking myself up a copy. Um, you have opened my mind. I mean, I was excited to have you on because I I felt like we were going to be so aligned with what we believe in and and the way that we see the world. But you know, as we say every experience every person that we meet you learn something new and we've learned so much from you Teresa thank you so much for being on this episode thank you for all you are and do Daisy I really appreciate it I do think you have a calling to awaken people and that concludes this episode of Proverbs with Daisy Maskell. That is me. I hope you enjoyed it. Hit subscribe so you don't miss out on any future episodes and I will see you soon. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.